Hello, and welcome to Let's Talk MedTech, the premier podcast for the medical device and diagnostics industry. My name is Omar Ford, and I'm the managing editor of MDDI. On this episode of Let's Talk MedTech, we're going to be speaking with Dr. Dave Albert. He's the CMO and co-founder of AliveCore. Now, AliveCore is a medical device and artificial intelligence company that sells ECG hardware and software for consumer mobile devices. The company is the first to receive FDA clearance for a medical device accessory to the Apple Watch. Prior to the recording of this podcast, I spoke with Dr. Albert for an article that I wrote for MDDI, the premier publication for the medical device and diagnostics industry. After we finished the interview, we realized that, hey, this conversation is much too big to be in just covered in just one article. So I invited Dr. Albert to come on to Let's Talk MedTech, to come on to the podcast, talk about AliveCore, talk about its position in the ECG monitoring space, and also to give a lay of the land of the ECG monitoring market as well. So hope you enjoy this episode. And without further ado, here's the interview. So, Dr. Albert, welcome to Let's Talk MedTech, and, and thanks for coming back and talking to me. I know we had a great conversation a couple weeks ago, and just appreciate you taking this time to, to speak with us again. Well, it's my pleasure. Thank you, Omar, for inviting me. Sure, sure. Want to talk a little bit about AliveCore and talk a little bit about when it was started and, and when it was founded. And did you ever in did you ever envision it uh, perhaps getting to the point where it is today in terms of technology and response? Well, I, I'll be honest with you, no. You know, in 2010, uh, smartphones were early devices. Digital health was a term that most people had never heard of. And so, uh, you know, I never envisioned million devices, hundreds of thousands of people and a hundred million ECG recordings uh, would be the result of of that idea. So I can admit uh, it has exceeded my certainly my initial expectations. Well, what would you say was you mentioned smartphones, but what would you say was a turning point uh, with um, cardio monitoring and ECGs, especially in terms of what AliveCore is doing. I know we, in our last conversation, we spoke a little bit about it, uh, but of course, everyone wasn't privy to that. That was more of a standard interview, uh, but want to know a little bit about maybe the turning point or what, what turned the tide, in your opinion? I'm, I'm not sure that, that, that there's a turning point. Uh, you know, overnight success 10 years in the making. Uh, so as as strange as that sounds, you know, people don't normally change uh, immediately or quickly. Uh, they 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 you know, and and different people. There are the early adopters, and there are the uh, uh, other innovators, and then there are the late followers. And I think, you know, today, the notion that someone can record their own ECG using a device they bought over the counter. And if they want to send that data to their doctor uh, for review and to help care for them, I think that that's an accepted notion today. 
just as it's accepted that you can prick your finger and measure your, your blood glucose. When I was a medical student back in the late 1970s, you had to go to a doctor's office to get your blood glucose measured. Imagine the millions of diabetics can't, they can't even think that that's how it would have to have to be managed because blood glucose goes up and down with exercise and food. And, and so, you know, basically they couldn't be managed. Sure. And so now we know we can measure our blood glucose. We can take our blood pressure. We can record our ECG. We can do many things that used to only be done in a doctor's office or a hospital. And I think those, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm and AliveCore, the beneficiaries of that movement towards democratized, personalized uh, care. And, and so, you know, it has exceeded my expectations, but it's also followed the path uh, of this thing we call digital health, where people are becoming more responsible, becoming more interested in their, their body, you know, and in their, in their, uh, in their health. So that, that I think Omar, uh, kind of explains the fact that it wasn't an overnight adoption for a live core, but, uh, gradually accelerating adoption to where today we literally, you know, have hundreds of thousands of people using our device around the world on any given day. And that is, uh, it's, it's, that's a wonderful thing because I know having received scores, hundreds, if not thousands of emails and letters that people believe we're helping them. And, and I certainly believe that. And I think most cardiologists believe that. So, so we've made a difference and a positive one. Sure. Now, the company AliveCore has had some milestones recently and, and MDDI has reported on those. And one that I, I'd like to speak about is the company winning FDA clearance for an expanded range of ECG determinations uh, for CardioMobile. Can you kind of go into that or unpack that a little bit and, and, and talk about what that means? Sure. Well, first of all, many people who use uh, a Cardia device do so because either their doctors recommended it or they're concerned that they might have some kind of heart issue. Maybe they have a, a feeling, something we call palpitations, a skipped beat. And a live core, uh, the, the most common type of arrhythmia is atrial fibrillation. And there are lots of ads on TV for blood thinners and things like that, that, that are used to treat atrial fibrillation. However, there are many other causes for an irregular heartbeat. And skipped beats, so-called premature beats of the top and bottom chambers, are, are, are another very common cause. And so these new determinations, what we call Cardia AI version two, enable the distinction between someone having uh, atrial fibrillation and somebody having abnormal heartbeats, either ventricular PVCs, what we call premature ventricular beats, or premature atrial beats from the top chambers. And, and that discrimination really provides not only incremental information to the doctor, but peace of mind for those patients because you treat them differently. Uh, atrial fibrillation is potentially very dangerous because it, it's, it can cause, uh, be a major cause of strokes, whereas PVCs and PACs are much more of just a nuisance. And so the ability to know if you're in a fib versus just having these skip beats is very important. And that's what 
you know, CardioMobile is the only personal ECG device that can make that distinction. And I can tell you, we've already received a lot of people who are who are grateful for that. And uh, you know, on on a number of social media platforms, they have people talking about their PVCs, their PACs, and and the distinction between those and a more serious arrhythmia like atrial fibrillation. And it almost seems like with this clearance, you're you're educating patients more. Patients are understanding their their heartbeats more. They're understanding their heart rhythm more. They're becoming, in a sense, more in tune with their bodies. I know that kind of sounds weird, but but they're, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, they're really, really getting to to know uh, what these uh, signals mean. And and do you think that we're seeing we're entering into a phase where we're seeing a smarter patient or a more ed- or more well-rounded or educated patient? In terms well, that's exactly that is exactly yeah. what we hope for, Omar. Yeah. That is an in, you know a more engaged, empowered patient is a more compliant patient. Mm-hmm. A more compliant patient is a patient with better outcomes. And so, as patients become more empowered about their own health, more knowledgeable about their own health, I mean, human beings are learning machines. And we're absolutely committed to helping patients learn about their own conditions and be able to feel like they have some control. In many instances, patients have felt like they had no control over their own health and they'd have to go to the grand wizard of the doctor to, you know, to to hear what's going on. And I think today we realize there's tremendous benefit for the patients to have more information about their own status, their own health. And, and that gets them to be better patients. So that's absolutely true. And there have been studies that confirm that. Awesome. 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 Now, now clearance, clearance is the only thing that you all have, uh, you know, isn't the only milestone that you've received. Uh, you also announced a collaboration with AstraZeneca. Could you talk a little bit about that or go into detail about that? Yeah, certainly. Um, AliveCore has been in partnership with the Mayo Clinic to develop an ECG KG based test that can detect high blood potassium, what we call hyperkalemia. And AstraZeneca has the best medicine for treating hyperkalemia. It's a medicine called Locelma. And so obviously they're interested in detecting patients because oftentimes this can be essentially a silent killer. Without you knowing it, your blood potassium can go up until something dramatic happens, including a very serious cardiac arrhythmia. And so knowing that somebody has hyperkalemia is very important. And obviously it's important to AstraZeneca because they have a very powerful, uh, uh, very effective medicine for treating that hyperkalemia. So we've got a partnership with them. They've gone out and in their FDA and global regulatory process have collected and published a number of studies and collected literally a ton of data on patients with hyperkalemia. And in those studies, they also collected EKGs. And so that data is going to be invaluable as we take our FDA uh, breakthrough designation that we received on our hyperkalemia technology and refine it and get it ready for uh, for clinical acceptance and clinical use. So that partnership is really invaluable. 
And, and I can tell you there are a number of other companies have approached us about this same technology, but none of them have the same perspective and data that AstraZeneca has. So our partnership with them is really going to help us get this product to market. Oh, well, now you brought up something very interesting uh, earlier in the conversation that I want to touch on. And if we were to try and put the company in a box, would it be a software company, a med tech company, or would it be a digital health company? How would you describe a live core? As well, it's now. Yeah, sure. Omar, that's a that's an interesting question because I, I'm I'm very confident that we're a very unique company. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is despite the fact that we have right now 132 peer-reviewed publications on clinical validation studies of a live core technology. That's a huge number compared to almost any digital health company. So we truly are a medical device utilized by every major medical center in the US and many around the world. We sell it directly. We advertise on television. We sell through Amazon and our own website and we sell over the counter. So we're both a consumer health company, a digital health company, and a medical device company. We are regulated by the FDA and by the international regulatory bodies as a medical device provider. But we also add a tremendous amount of value with our artificial intelligence, our AI, our deep neural networks. We have our platform, Cardia Pro, that is web-based, and we utilize the cloud uh, as as our main operating platform. So, So we're a software company with software as a service, we're a medical device company, and we're a direct-to-consumer digital health company. We're all of those things, and that's really a unique position. There are a lot of digital health companies that are, you know, B2C, direct-to-consumer. Mm-hmm. And there's some that try to be B2B, you know, go to a healthcare enterprise. Well, we do all of it. And and that, that I think, not only is a unique position, but it gives us a position of strength. Because a live core is able to see both into the healthcare enterprise, and you will see more efforts on our part, more partnerships from our part that bridge that gap between the patient in the hospital in the office and the consumer at home. Because I like to say, not every consumer is a patient, Omar, but every patient is a consumer. And so you need to treat them with the same type of customer service that you treat any customer of any service or any product. And I think we we uh, we take that very seriously. Uh, we just happen to know that a large percentage of our customers happen to be patients and heart patients at that. I, I think that distinguishes you a lot, a lot of companies in the space, especially from uh, med tech companies. Uh, med device companies, because so often we see devices that are marketed toward uh, the physician. Uh, but, you know, you all are mentioning customer service. And that's something in healthcare that I don't think too many people have heard. Uh, you know, they haven't heard of that term. And and, and that's amazing to, to think about it like that. But But you do have to have great customer service because you do have patients that are coming and relying on this service. And they can, you know, there are multiple places where they can um, get some of the live core solutions from. Well, I mean, we're an FDA regulated company that yep. also is very proud of its net promoter score of 66. Yeah. OK, so that's a unique position for us. Um, and, and, and I think 
we're going to make sure we take advantage of it and we will be building both on our direct to consumer side as well as our direct to enterprise healthcare side and uh you know i think we're going to take advantage of that unique position to grow our business and services sure sure now what i've noticed as well and and we report mbdi has reported on this but in the ecg monitoring space we've seen a lot of uh consolidation uh we've seen a companies such as apple and fitbit now acquired by uh google kind of enter into the space too what would you say why would you say that is the case what makes this space so hot right now or do you see it as being- i'm just going to take i'm going to take credit for it omar <laughs> i mean i think they everybody just following it dr dave yeah. uh you know heart disease is the number one killer globally of both men and women okay people don't understand that heart disease kills many more women than breast cancer uh, so that means it's a big market opportunity you know just since the beginning of the first of this year we've had three major acquisitions phillips buys biotelemetry okay boston scientific buys preventus and and hill rom buys bardi dx those are three major ECG monitoring service companies that were acquired by much larger, more diversified companies. And, and then as you mentioned, there's consumer companies that are coming into this, this cardiac space. So I, I really like my position because I'm in both spaces. Yeah. And, you know, a live core bridges that gap and, and with absolutely unique products. Our Cardiomobile 6L is the only uh, six lead personal ECG, and at $149 is an amazing bargain, amazing return on on a personal investment. And I'm yeah, this is that's not just me. That's that's your cardiologists and cardiac electrophysiologists saying that. Uh, it gives them far more information, and it gives the customer, the patient, far more information. So I think you know I, I would tell you we are certainly have our eyes and ears open as to what's happening, the dynamics that are happening in this industry of cardiac monitoring. And, and you will see a live core uh, make a lot of moves. I mean, we, we uh, closed a, a major funding round at the end of last year. And, you know, we have some great ambitions to grow, as I said, both the consumer and the healthcare sides of our business. That being said, and we are seeing tremendous activity in this space. Um, I want to ask this question. Could we see perhaps COVID-19 as being a driver of that? Uh, meaning, you know, you don't want as many people to go into the doctor's office now. Um, telehealth is becoming such a big thing. Could COVID-19's impact uh, on healthcare and telehealth kind of be driving some of this uh, activity to the space, in your opinion? No, there's no question. I mean, the move to telemedicine, in essence, COVID-19, the global pandemic, became a catalyst for the growth of telemedicine in 2020. There's no question about that. Everybody knows it. Well, you, you can look at Teladoc. You can look at, at any of the companies. You can look at AliveCore. We've all benefited as patients were going to stay at home and 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 seek televisits and it doesn't matter whether you were in mental health primary care or specialty care like us it's benefited 
all of those businesses. And what I think will happen is, I mean, we're still in the pandemic. Uh, you know, unfortunately, still we have lots of people both getting sick and and even dying in the United States and around the world every day. So that this is going to go on for a while. And I think what what we've found is that patients like telemedicine. Mm-hmm. The surveys have been very strong. Nobody likes taking off work, getting in their car, trying to find parking, sitting in a waiting room. Uh, th- that's no fun. Okay. Now, sometimes you need to do that. So you might need a diagnostic study. You might need a physical exam. But there are lots of things, you know, mental health being kind of a classic, where uh, a telemedicine visit is probably just as effective as an in-person visit. And so I think the technologies that facilitate telehealth uh, will continue to grow and be utilized. And, uh, you know, a live core is one of those technologies. Yeah, yeah. Now, what about senior citizens uh, kind of becoming more comfortable with with, with smartphones and um, with the idea of a live core and what it's able to offer? I know we talked about that in our, our previous conversation. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, in 2010, when I started a live core, I was told that, you know, 20% of people over 65, my demographic, uh, no more than 20% had smartphones. And the Pew, the Pew research, you know, validated that. Well, that's not true in 2021. Okay. Those people who were uh, 55, 10 years ago had smartphones and those people 45. And so gradually, you're going to see an evolution to where uh, one of Alive Core's investors is is a company well-known called Qualcomm. They make uh, much of the insides of all the world's smartphones and cell phones. As they say, by 2025, there won't be any dumb phones. Every phone will be a smartphone. And so grandma and great-grandma and grandpa and great-grandpa will all have smartphones and will all be more comfortable because they grew up with them as they were in business and things like that. So, so you know, slowly... There will be a replacement of those flip phones with smartphones across all demographics. You know, the young have already embraced it. I would say, you know, smartphones dominate up through probably the age of 75 right now. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. What's next for Alive Core? Uh, what are you working on? What can you share with us? I know probably some of it is top secret, but if you could tease or talk a little bit about the future for Alive Core. Well, I, I, you know, the only thing I can tease you is we're going to do more Uh, and we're going to do more both for our consumer customers as well as our healthcare customers. And we're going to help to bridge those two environments, the hospital and office and the home. And, and today I think that's, you know, there, there's, there's a vast amount of your healthcare data that's locked inside of the electronic medical record and inside of the hospitals in in PAC systems and EMRs. And and people live and move outside of that and spend very little time, thank God, in hospitals and even a little time in doctor's offices. So the notion that that, all that locked data could be useful is, is something we're gonna build on just like what we in essence created and that is the idea that data i get from the home can be useful 
for those doctors and for when those patients are are in the hospital. And so we're gonna we're gonna work on both directions of that that model of hospital and home. Patients should get care and the data should flow securely but seamlessly between all points of contact for a person. And Dr. Albert, I, I have to ask this question one more time. I'll just ask it in a different way. And it, it's it's so amazing that in a decade we've seen so much change. Um, I know you could have never imagined it getting to this point, but you you did have um, some inkling that it would get that it would get here. But um, where do you see us um, in terms of this flow of information, in terms of a live core and what it can offer? Where do you see the company in the next five to 10 years? Well, and I think, based- Omar, you know, I, I, we don't usually talk about our future plans because, one, the FDA doesn't want you to talk about things that don't exist and aren't cleared. Yes. And, and two, because I have no interest in helping any competitors of mine know how I'm going to beat them up next. OK, <laughs> uh, so what I would just tell you is we we people have seen us go from CardioMobile single lead ECG to CardioMobile 6L. Uh, six lead ECG, you can imagine that maybe, you know, the standard of care in every doctor's office and hospital is a 12 lead ECG. I won't say any more, but the notion of making something easy to use for someone with no training on themselves in any situation, anywhere, anytime has been one of the strengths and the pioneering effort by a live core. And I continue, I will tell you, we will continue that process to bring ever more useful, pertinent health data to a consumer who's a patient and to their physicians and their caregivers. So that's what I can tell you. Awesome, awesome. Well, Dr. Albert, thanks. I appreciate you coming on Let's Talk Med Tech and just discussing this with me. I know we had a great conversation last time and glad to have you on the show. Uh, Thanks for coming out. Omar, thank you for inviting me, sir. I, I, you know, look forward to speaking with you more in the future. Sure, sure. Uh, look forward to having you back as soon as you get some new news or some more news because you just had news fairly recently. Well, stand by. Yeah. So, more news is coming. All right. Sounds great. Thanks. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap for this episode of Let's Talk Med Tech. But the conversation definitely doesn't stop here. If you're interested in MDDI and want to know more about it and just some of our content, then you can find us on mddionline.com. Here you'll find a wealth of information regarding the medical device and diagnostic industry, from big deals to tips for engineers to venture capital funding. It's all there and it can be accessed by going to mddionline.com. You'll also find QMED, the world's only directory of pre-qualified suppliers to the medical device and in in vitro diagnostics industry. Check us out when you get a chance. Again, that's mvdionline.com.